This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Somehow we've made it through some difficult passages right here at the start of Genesis chapter one. And in fact, the truth is that Genesis chapter one is a difficult passage. The whole chapter is a difficult passage just because, first of all, <clears throat> it happened so long ago. And as far as science is concerned or or just a Bible study is concerned, it is a 6,000 years is a long time. And I know you've been in situations where you've been watching documentaries and things like that. I love to watch science documentaries, history documentaries, things like that. And uh, you get to a place where you're looking at those things, studying those things, watching those documentaries. And then all of a sudden you'll hear a year later that whatever they were telling you was 10,000 years old. Now it's 4,000 years old or because, and the real reason for that, it's not because science is bad. It's just because our understanding of things that happened in the distant past. And then when you get down to thousands and thousands of years ago, when you get down to the and millions of years ago, there's, it's almost impossible to really have any good understanding of that. You just make, as far as the scientific method is concerned, they just postulate things they, and see if they can prove them. And a lot of times they have difficulty doing that and not difficulty doing it because the, their science is bad or they're not trying. They have difficulty doing it just because the information, the knowledge, the evidence is is so much less it degrades so quickly as well as I do. If you're watching anything about about evidence as far as criminal evidence and things like that, evidence that is used in civil cases and all kinds of things like that, oftentimes that evidence over just a few years can become so uh, so degraded, so messed up, lost, so whatever that 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 it's not as usable, it's not as it's not as easy to figure that out, it's not as knowledgeable. And so you just you, you just struggle with these things. And you gotta remember we're now on the first day of creation where uh, God made light or no, he did not make light. He is light. And he he thrust light into that darkness that had come over the deep. And and we understand that once we when we get to when we get to the first day that this is a literal six day of God setting back that which he created as far as the earth is concerned, setting it back the way it ought to be. And this is a good time for me to bring up the idea and the understanding that there's actually in Genesis, there's two creation accounts. There's the creation account that involves or, or God the Father, who is by his will and by the very nature of his existence, speaking things into existence and and willing things into existence. Then later on we're gonna see we're gonna see that the Lord God comes and he forms certain things. And that's Jesus operating as the Lord God. And then you have the Holy Spirit power being used for all of this. And so you see the trying trying God actually at work the whole time. It's exciting I, for me when I everything that I see and understand everything that I theologically have a basis for it, it all starts in 
Genesis because the word Genesis is, it has a connotation of the beginning and it is. And so everything that happens that God is at work doing starts in the book of Genesis. So when we come to this, the passage and we look at it, it's neat now. We're back in another passage that's, I'm not going to say it's impossible or anything like that, but in many ways, it's difficult. It's not easy. It's a passage that has some difficulty to it. I'm going to just explain it to the best of my abilities and give you my ideas and give you many other people's ideas because the, the this passage is, it talks about a separation of the waters. It says in, in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. So we see here real quick, it says, and God said, or Elohim said, and that's the word that is being, that's being used for the word God. It's the common Hebrew word for God. It's not the high word for God, which is Yahweh or Yahweh. It is Elohim. He said, so the common Hebrew word for God, he says, then Elohim said, notice, what is he doing? How is he creating? How is he making these things happen? How is the Father doing it? And I say this for you to understand because you need to understand on a personal level, that's how it works. If you're going to have a relationship with somebody, you probably ought to know the fundamentals about them. Am I right? If you're going to have a relationship with somebody, you want to know the fundamentals of who they are. You need to understand that the aspect of who you are that is God, when Adam was made in the image of God, the aspect of you that's God, the Father, is your soul, your will, your passion, your intellect. That's who you are. The God the Father is the will of God. He's the He's the head. He's the most important. He's the top. And the reason that's the case is because he is the will or the character or the nature of God. Now, Jesus is the physical manifestation of God. He's God in creation. He's God presenting himself to us in creation. And so what part of us is God, is me in creation. It's my physical body. Sadly, it <clears throat> tends to be failing me more and more often each and every day, but uh, my body is the physical manifestation of me in the world. And then the Holy Spirit is the power of God at work in the world. If I'm not born again, then I don't have a spirit and I've cut off from that power. But when I am born again, I have a new human spirit, which communes with God's Holy Spirit in perfection and helps guide my will or my heart, my mind, my soul into God's will, who is the Father's will. We need to understand that everything in Scripture starts with the Father's will. Even Jesus, everything he did on the earth started with the Father's will. He said, I don't do the things I want to do. I do the things I see my Father in heaven doing. Why? Because he follows the Father's will. So I, I, I love when Ge in Genesis, it's just enjoyable to me. It excites me when it always starts out, and God said, and God said, why? Because God's intimately and actively, God the Father, he's not some old man on a throne up in heaven that has really nothing to do with what's going on around here. No, our Heavenly Father is actively at work in his creation, and he's not, a, he's not an aloof God. He is a good father, as that song goes that we sing on Sunday morning. He is. He's a good father, and he's actively involved in what he's doing, and he his will is actively at work in our lives. And so there's nothing more exciting than that for me, to know that my Heavenly Father cares about me, that he loves me. Sure, I love Jesus because he came and he made the full sacrifice for me, but my Heavenly Father had planned that since the foundation of time for me. And wow, when you think about that for yourself, you understand that the God 
of the universe who's doing these things 6,000 years ago and, and, and his initial acts of speaking the universe into cre creation happened sometime before that. We don't know how, how long before that, but it happened sometime before that. When you see that about him, you realize that my God is at work around me and he's doing things around me and his nature and his will are perfect before me. So he says, and God said, let the firmament. What is a firmament? Oh my goodness, what is a firmament? It's an ancient Hebrew word, and it's actually used several times. It's used in Ezekiel. It's used a couple times in the book of Psalms. It is It is a, let me read it to you. It's a splendid and, and am I reading you the right one? I might not be reading you. I am reading you. I, it's a vault. It's. It, it, I guess the best way for me to describe it to you is it's an expanse or it's a vault in heaven supporting the waters above. It's considered as Hebrew as solid and supporting water above. It, it, the firmament is, is a vault that separates the waters. And really that's what the Hebrew word here is. He said, let the firmament in the midst of the waters, meaning there was water on the earth. Now, let me stop there real quick because you need to get this. What is the thing that scientists are looking for on every planet the main thing that they're looking for on every planet in order for life to exist. You need to know this. It's, it's real important. They're looking for water. They're looking for signs of water. Why? Water, number one, you got to have water to live if you're a human being. But number two, almost all life on earth, in fact, all life on earth is dependent on having water. Number three, water is a great source of energy and a great source of power for human beings. And I'm not just talking about dams that we set up and things like that. I'm talking about H2O, the ability to split hydrogen and oxygen and get something even more valuable, oxygen, out of water. If you've got water on the planet, then obviously you've got the ability to have oxygen. And if you have the ability to have oxygen, you have the ability to have human life. And so there is a great desire to find water on other planets. And, they, and there's belief that there is water here and there. And you'll hear, we found water here. It's not like they found a giant ocean, okay? They didn't find a big giant ocean of water. They found maybe some frost. They found some maybe some ice on the caps or maybe some ice deep in, inside the planet. We're not talking about, we're talking about a planet devoid of water that has just a little bit of water, maybe in a spot or a place here. And they're just postulating from the imagery that they're seeing that's that could be there and what it could be. But the whole point is that God created, when he created the earth, when he created the place where we live today, he created a place that is, well, <clears throat> is full of water. It is absolutely perfect for human beings to live on because it is full of water. It is perfectly full of water. Water is everywhere. And we as human beings and all the mammals and all the sea creatures and all the, all well, all life, my, microbial and on a, all life requires water. And God created water. In fact, water was there at the very start. The Father spoke it into existence and notice where, what the darkness fell over. The darkness fell over the what? The water. So obviously the planet was full of water and completely full of water even before whatever happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 that we talked about yesterday. What did God do? He put a firmament or a vault or a, a place where there's an expanse in between in the midst of the water. And he let that, he let it divide 
the waters from the waters. Now, it doesn't tell us what those are. It doesn't tell us what those are, but he says he put that there. Thus, he made a firmament, and he divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament as it was. Now, I know you were sitting there thinking, he's dividing land and sea from each other. No, he's going to do that in a few verses later. What he's doing here is he's dividing the water on the planet, which is the water that we, I'm sitting here looking out over a lake right now. He divided that water from the water that's above the planet. Now, what does that mean? Let me tell you, there's some argument about this and there's some understanding. Now, let me say this about the Jewish culture and the Jewish teachings about this. The Jewish culture says this, the definition of the firmament can be essentially summarized as an arch or a vault over the earth and sky that separates the earthly realm from what is beyond. And what that means is the vault or the arch of the sky. Notice the firmament itself has the meaning of an arch, meaning that it arches above the earth. You need to understand that this is the first place where the Bible begins to indicate that the earth is round and not flat. Now, if you go looking up firmament and you go Googling, you find that Google thing and you begin to Google firmament, you're going to see some flat earthers out there. There's some people out there that are teaching that the earth is flat scientifically and every and then really every other way. That's just not possible. Okay. I, it's just not, it doesn't fit in anything we understand. And by the way, why would the earth be flat and all the other planets not be flat? And all the other celestial beings, have y'all ever noticed they're all round? Stars around, planets around, asteroids seem to be around. There was one cigar-shaped one that just came through the solar system recently. But they all have some rounding to them. And please don't fall fall into the, that rabbit hole, which is a nutty rabbit hole, okay? I'm just being honest with you. It's just, I've tried to follow it. It just don't make any sense. The reason the firmament is arched is because the planet is round. And so the vault that we have that separates the water up above and from the water down below is a is round, is arched because because it's just obvious. That's why it is. And uh, and as I look at it and I think about it, there's just no way to get around that. All right. Now that being said, there is some aspects of Newtonian physics that have not been superseded by 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 Einstein's theory of relativity, which would indicate, as far as math wise that the earth is the center of the universe. But I just letting you know, like we were talking about earlier, scientists have struggled with things. The older things are, the more they struggle with trying to figure out where they came from and how that works. Well, I'm just telling you that, that figuring out Newtonian physics, it took Einstein, a, an absolute one of the most smart, smartest men to ever live to figure out just his two theories of relativity, general and specific, special relativity. It took him a long time to figure that out. I'm not sure how you work that out, and I don't really care, but let me say this. God's at work in the midst of this. Now, um, a lot of Christians believe this, and I think there's some great credibility about this. In the beginning, God had a water vault above the earth, which would mean that there was an ocean of water, a lot of water that was above the atmosphere. And that was what we would get. The, the only way for me to describe it is it would have been an, in orbit around the earth. And uh, we know things can orbit the earth. If you have something up there that's going at the proper speed, it's, it can't be going too fast. If it's going too fast, 
then it breaks the orbit, it breaks the gravity of the Earth of the Earth, and will go on out in space. If it's not going fast enough, then its orbit begins to degrade, and then it begins to fall to the Earth. And we've seen some satellites that we have that do that all the time. So when when God created it, He would have had to create that water and put it into orbit, meaning it would have had to spin around the Earth in the same way. As far as I understand creation to be, it would have had to be that way because I do know that the earth was spinning and uh, we do know that the earth spins on its axis, but that also changes over time too. Where the north and south poles are, that changes over time. See, all this stuff is things that we're just now realizing. And when you say, I say just now realizing, I'm saying just now realized over the last few hundred years. And now we're trying to understand things that, that have been going on for thousands of years and uh, maybe even longer than that. If you see a big gap in chapter one, verse two. And so <clears throat> apparently there was this water that was above the earth, but you, but saying that, even saying that now, that the water or the, the clouds in the sky and the precipitation that we get from the sky, uh, generally speaking, is above, it's way up there, it's way up there, it's above the, it's above the earth. So there is a vault, a place, and notice, I love the way it uses that word, that idea of vault. There's a special place where God is made so that man can live here and live here easily and not be in a place where he is going to be vulnerable and die. God separated the waters from above from the waters below, and he made a place for us to be able to live, a place that's unique to anything that we really know anything about in our universe. He made it that way. And he said, let, God let, said, let the, he says, and God made the firmament by the waters, which were under the firmament from the waters, which are above the firmament. And we'll talk about that later on, because when Noah and his story happens, it comes into play again. And by the way, the Bible indicates several places that, 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 God did that. In fact, to just give you a verse, Psalm 148.4, praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. So the Bible continues to indicate that, even in the book of Psalms, that this idea of a firmament exists. And then he says, and he says, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into a place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Notice, now we have dry land. Where do we live? We live on dry land. God is preparing the planet here. He's pre preparing the earth to, to, to be inhabited by creatures that live on dry land, primarily us. And so it says, and God called the dry land earth and gathering together the waters, he called the seas and God saw it was good. All right. Notice God saw it was good. He did it. He did it exactly the way he did it. Notice every time he makes something, every time God the Father creates something, what does he say? It's good. It's good. It's good. And notice in verse one, two, everything became formless and void, became empty. That's not good. Became confused. That's not good. So something happened in verse one, two, that's out of line with what God has been doing before and what God does afterwards. Everything that he does, he does, and it, he does, and he does it well. And notice, the earth brought forth grass and herbs that yield seed according to its kind. Now, we're going to get into according to its kind a little bit tomorrow. It says, God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herbs and the yield seed and the fruit trees that yield fruit according to its kind, whose seed in itself is on the earth. And it was, and the earth brought forth grass and the herbs that yield seed according to its kind and the trees that yield fruit. And so whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And so it was evening and it was morning 
on the third day. I think that is a full powerful story of God preparing for us to be here. He's preparing for mankind to to live in a place that is capable of living in, that is limited and yet it's beautiful and wonderful, a real Eden for us. We'll go into we'll go into things of its kind tomorrow and we'll deal with we'll deal with we've we've got gotten past the first day, the second day, and we're all the way to the third day. We'll deal with some of those ideas because we're going to talk about that as far as mammals are concerned and especially as far as sea creatures are concerned. We're going to deal with that in the next few days also. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.